What's your favorite song, John? You, you know, my brother My brother wrote this song. No, he didn't. Yes, did he did. Yes, he did. Sure enough. This is my top three favorite songs. <laughs> now that I mention it, now that I mention that. Hey, y'all, welcome to Water Break. It's Thursday. Thursday's at 7 p.m. on, uh, you know, Pacific Coast. 10 p.m. on Eastern Time. It's good to be with you, of course. I'm the Water Boy, and I got my buddy, John Branion. He's actually in front of me now. We changed it all up, and so... I'm actually looking at John and the camera at the same time. It's incredible. It is fantastic. Technology is amazing. Um, hey, we are going to be doing a couple live shows this spring in, in possibly cities near you. We're doing a live show on March 16th in uh, Fort Worth. So stay tuned for details, locations, ticket pricing, and all that stuff. We actually will record. It's kind of like a live studio audience. We'll actually film it, and it'll go up on TV and, and social media and all that stuff. So it's kind of a fun little experience. And then um, we'll be in Rapid City uh, on uh, April uh, 6th, uh, or really the night of April 7th in Rapid City doing a live show. More details will be coming on that. Uh, comedian John Brandon's for sure joining us on that one. Um, sure. For sure, I, I I negotiated for him and then told him he's coming and told him what he was going to get paid and <laughs> everything and then told him that there'll be green M and M's for him waiting in the green room. That's it. Mm. Yeah, you didn't tell me that until just now. <laughs> I agreed Save to the come best for last. Before you told me that. Save the best for last. So uh, we also got one more, a couple more cities uh, that we're working on finalizing dates, and we hope to bring. Um, all those dates out for you so you can kind of decide which show you want to go to and, and also special guests that are going to be um, joining us um secondly our nsa uh, ladies scholarship is is out it's actually on our website now that was something um we hadn't had out we told you to start thinking about the scholarship it's out go to go to fightlaffeast.com you'll click on uh nsa scholarship and then you'll click on female scholar biological female scholarship is what it says does it actually say biological <laughs> yeah female? yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it actually says biological female scholarship and so god's blessed us and uh, uh right now we have a a male scholarship that's been awarded and so every four years we can award a male scholarship and every four years we can award a female scholarship so this is our first female scholarship uh and everything in it and it basically will cover about half your tuition and so ladies if you're interested and you have to be a new freshman coming in uh, and if you're interested in attending NSA and you've applied, you got to be accepted before you can apply for our scholarship and all stuff. But we'll we'll cover half your tuition costs. We're really excited to support the 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 winner, <laughs> and uh, our wives will actually have a Zoom call with the three finalists to kind of question you and grill you and see if you're a good fit for the we call it the the Beast Mode Homemaker Scholarship at NSA. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sound Your good? Your wives are all biological females too, aren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to get more into that, John, with my little uh, cannonball or belly flop. Um, I don't know if you saw my show notes. I don't. I take it you like to be surprised. I do like to be surprised. No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, before we get into the cannonball or belly flop, um, uh, what are you going to do for our live show in uh, Rapid City? You know, what's your what's your what's your angle? What's your stand-up angle? Uh, well, I thought I would. Uh, I thought I would do the same sort of things that I've done 
to uh, to win uh, the hearts and minds of people all across this great nation. <laughs> and in Mount Rushmore, in the home of Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, what's your uh, while we're on the front end of this? What's your next show with uh, you and is it Peaches? Is that we call your daughter Peaches? Name Peaches. Yep. The, the next show? Are you talking about a live show? No, the next uh, a podcast show that you guys got coming out with Comedian Next Door. Uh, podcast drops on Mondays, yep. and we haven't actually recorded this Mondays yet. Oh, okay. And so we, I haven't, the plan is to go over to her place tomorrow. That's where we usually record everything, and uh, and then we'll fight it out. Oftentimes we fight it out on during the podcast because there's sometimes <laughs> a disagreement about what makes for interesting topics. Yep. And um, I got a couple ideas though. Yeah. And then you run. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is um, an interesting cannonball or, or belly flop, depending on how you, you two thumbs up. What is it? Cannonball up or belly flop down or whatever. Um, I don't know if you saw this last week, uh, but there was an article um, going around where a 19 year old man found out his 24 year old girlfriend was actually a man. No. Yes. And apparently they had, some sort of two-year sexual relationship and the tranny kept it a secret that that he was a guy um Mm -hmm. you know he kept a secret that he's a guy from the the other guy you might be confused at this point i don't know (laughs) no i'm I'm tracking (laughs) okay i'm I'm trying not to visualize too many things no don't yeah Yeah. no keep it real and and after finding out the sad 19 year old chap was obviously not not happy but but here's what kind of got me thinking about this. Um, th- there's a, obviously there's all sorts of things going on, surgeries, changes, you know, lies, deception, so forth. Uh, but here's the big problem: is our culture is raising men that can't tell that they're having sex with other men, and men who will go to the greatest lengths to fulfill their sexual desires, all the way to the point of tricking a younger man into a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so the sexual depravity in our country, uh, re- I mean, really is abominable. And you, you, you keep thinking like it can't get any worse than this. It can't get any more abominable than this. And it, and it keeps going. And our kids are growing up in this depravity. They really do need to be saturated in God's word and what it says about this kind of abomination. And, and they need to believe in God and his promises that his way is the best way. Um, Satan is the father of lies and all sin is one big lie. Um, and, but I think this is particularly applies and particularly true for sexual sins. Um, uh, sexual sins are lies. Um, now the big lie I think here is that the world is what the world is offering here is that you can find pleasure in choosing your own sex adventure and nothing will be harmful as long as it's all consensual. And of course, we know consensual is only a short-term, uh, you know, dam uh, that's that's not going to hold up for much longer. Um, that lie, and it doesn't hold up in most rape cultures too. But that lie is the road to death. That's that's the thing that I think we need to nail into our hearts and minds about sexual sins is that they're actually they will they lead you to death. Um, Proverbs Proverbs says that this kind of sin reduces your soul to a crust of bread. That's what it does. 
um, it, it, it's a kind of sin where you think participating in it, you're going to get your jollies. You're going to get, um, uh, you know, pleasure and, you know, momentary joy and all that stuff. But in the end, it actually reduces your soul to a crust of bread. And the two texts uh, that I want to bring up here uh, is from Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 7 uh, about this. And let me read some of this. It says, my son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion and that your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol, and she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. Now, that um, that imagery that you see there, it, it it's, it's so powerful how it talks about um, her lips are um, drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. So on the front side of it, it might look attractive. On the front side of it, it might... Um, uh, uh, come might taste, you know, like like honey at the beginning, but in the end, it's bitterness and and uh, vinegar is is what happens with that kind of sexual sin. I can't tell you how many friends that I've had who have fallen into sexual sin have gone through this process, and and in the end, they're they're drinking bitterness, and they're and they actually become bitter through that whole process and and that their soul is reduced to a crust of bread and, and you're like, man, you used to be um, a really good guy and now look at you. You know, you're, you're a crust of bread. You have um, little moral uh, uh, backbone anymore. You have little, I mean, just your, your whole, even their complexion, everything that goes when you go through this kind of sexual sin, it, it takes your, your mind, your heart, your soul, your body and reduces it all to a crust of bread. The other thing I want to point out here is in Proverbs chapter 7. So keep that imagery in your mind that the that what God says about this sin is that it's 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 a lie and in the end it brings death. Um if you guys follow in Matthew uh, excuse me in Proverbs chapter 7 kind of verses kind of 1 through um uh you know most of the chapter here um yeah, pretty much all of chapter seven um, covers this. Um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read spots that I want to highlight here. Um, you know, the, the the Proverbs chapter seven starts off with, you know, um, treasure my commands, keep my words, you know, so listen to God's word, believe his word in what he's in what he's saying here about this kind of sexual sin. Bind these words on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Believe God. Um. And, and then starting in verse six, it says, for at the window of my house, I looked out through my lattice and I have seen among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight in the evening at the time of night and darkness. Now, what they're illustrating here is, is a, the kind of men that fall into this temptation. For one, they aren't being wise, they're being simple. And secondly, there's all sorts of little turns and twists that this young man takes to get himself to a situation where the full temptation is in front of him. He's walking towards her. He's walking towards her neighborhood. He's walking down her dark alley. He knows where he is. 
and he's making those turns he's making those uh moves and he's walking towards her so there's all sorts of you know compromises that you know people do in their lives to get into major sexual sin and this happens in our culture too you know our culture has made the church has made compromise um the uh over and over again to get in a bigger sexual temptation situation and behold a woman meets him dressed as a prostitute wily of heart she's loud um she she seizes him and kisses him uh and she says in verse 14 this is this is what's striking about the proverbs chapter 7 says in verse 14 i had to offer sacrifices and today i paid my vows that's a woman who is a christian that's a woman who says she's a christian that's a woman who says that she has paid her vows she's gone to church she's worshiped god and then she comes out and seduces him Come, let us take our fill of love in the morning, for my husband is not home. And then here it is. Here's it. I'm going to read the last section of, of Proverbs here because it all sounds good. The man's going, the man's simple. Um, verse 21 here, with much seductive speech, he persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught in, caught in the fast. Till an arrow pierces its liver, a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it'll cost him his life. So the sexual sin that he's getting into does not know it'll cost him his life. And now, O oh sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are mighty. Her house is the way to shale, going down to the chambers of death. Um, that imagery, and, and this applies to internet pornography. It applies to even even the small sins. All those, all all that abomination is a a path to death. You're walking down death, and so um, young men particularly are very simple and fools when they start thinking that this is not going to hurt. You know, a little internet pornography, no big deal. A little of this, no big deal. A little of that, no big deal. But all those sins lead to death. And ultimately what you're doing in that process is you've already started abandoning your faith by thinking this sin is not that, you know, internet pornography is not a big deal. You're already trusting in your own self more than you're trusting in God because God's word tells us and yet you're still doing that. And God word God's word tells you it's death and yet you're still doing that. And so I... I wanted to tie that that insane, crazy story um, into uh, the the minutia of how we get into sexual sin and how we've abandoned and didn't believe God in our own lives and in and and believing God that His way really is the 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 way to true joy um, and and of course you know that that God gives marriage for for true um sexual satisfaction is really is there so god does promise goodness but he defines what how we receive and partake of it not not us uh what do you think john so i think first of all i'm almost uh not capable of hearing anything that you're saying because i'm still picturing a guy uh, <laughs> having sex with another guy and not knowing yeah um you know it was it was really difficult to tune into anything 
that you said after that. Yeah. But uh, the thought that I do have is that if you're, if you're engaged in a sexual relationship for a period of time and you can't tell that it is a person who you can't tell that it's not a woman, yeah. um, then what difference does it make when you find out that it's not a woman? That's you right. understand what I'm yeah. saying? Uh-huh. It's like you're, yeah. you're basically just using this other human being for uh, parts. Yep. And so what difference does it make, yep. whether, whether it's a man or a woman, if you're getting whatever physical gratification out of that person right. that you're trying to get out of them? Right. Um, I, I guess I don't understand being, being upset to learn that this is not what, was, what you thought it was. <laughs> right. I mean, it, you were still getting like, pleasure. You know, yeah, we're all still getting, you're still getting what you wanted. So, and now at this point, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to say, no, what we had was a, I, I thought it was more meaningful. What, what yeah. exactly, uh, what, what exactly is the next level that you thought you were achieving with yeah. this person? If you're, if, if, if clearly it's just gratification, I mean, what difference does it make whether it's a human being, whether yeah. it's a male or female, whether, whether it's a, some sort of an animal Robot. life, whether, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whether it's an infl- inflatable, uh, piece of furniture. I mean, what difference does it make? Well, and they're all and part of it. They're all believing lies. They're all believing mm-hmm. that their way is better. You know, he's believing that his relationship, that he can have sex with whoever he wants. And he was in a relationship with this dude, this right. tranny dude for two years. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the tranny's lying um, about who he is. Um, and Right, to and himself you, and to everybody else. And, uh, you know, to be a little PG-13 here, um, when transgender, when men get the surgery to cut it all off, you know, a little glacian's Paul cut it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what you're doing is creating, creating a flesh wound. Um, and, and so you're creating a, a wound, uh, not a, um, so I'm not going to go much deeper than that, but that, but it's all lies. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all lies. And, but the crazy thing, it's actually, um, all destructive and they're acting like it's all, um, pleasure. I would say kind of connected to this too, um, for Christians who participate in, in the small sins of, let's say pornography or in the, you know, in the small sins of, uh, if you call it small sin, but like in the, the entry sins into this world, um, for you to get on the internet and, you know, go to a pornographic website, um, you have to be an atheist in that moment. You have to deny God. Um, to do what you're doing, uh, you have to pretend that God, God can't see me or God's not there, and I'm going to do this. Um, and and so that's, I think belief is so like you're trusting God, your walk with the Lord is so important as you fight this battle, fight these temptations, um, because what you're suspending your belief in God when you go down these paths to these temptations and all the all the incremental steps that it takes for that guy. The guy in Proverbs 7, he walked down the dark road. He was suspending his belief in God to go down that dark alley. He turned, right. he, 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 he went at, at night. He was suspending his belief in God going at night. You know, God can't see me at night. He might be able to see me that, you know. Um, and then, you know, he suspended his belief as he kisses her. He suspended, he suspended, suspended his belief. And, 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 and he doesn't really recognize how detrimental it is. And, and, and Proverbs 7, it says, and, and, and uh, in the end, it's death. 
And that's the simple guy. The simple guy doesn't know it's death. The wise Christian who's getting caught up in the sin, um, they should know what they're doing is death. They should know what they're doing at the end of that road is death. And they should know that they're suspending their belief in God to get to that end road, which is death. Um, and don't be a don't be the simple guy where you pretend nothing's nothing's going to happen, nothing's wrong, and in the end you you wake up in in shale. Right. Well, the consent thing is what a lot of the church people have allowed to uh, to, to skew their vision of what is sin. Right. Um, because because society says as long as two consenting adults um, agree to this, then there's it, there's nothing wrong. You can't you can't judge somebody. You right. can't judge what people are doing behind closed doors. Right. And it's just the two of us. And as long as we are uh, consenting to it, then it's it's not a problem. Right. That's been going on for decades. Right. I mean, in in the United States, yep. it, it's it's just been it's a foregone conclusion in culture that once you start a relationship with a member of what you believe to be the opposite sex <laughs> at this point um right then uh, then it's 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 going to end up being physical whether or not you get married whether or not you commit to anything you're going to yeah. you're just going to have sex and and it's so permeated even the church now to where we had a guy um at our church true story we had a guy in our church who was an elder for a number of years yeah and his wife um passed away from cancer, uh-huh. which was very tragic, yeah. very sad. And um, he, after a period of time, started dating again, uh-huh. which was fine. And uh, they were at a retreat with some other church people. And this guy and the guy and the woman that he was dating went off to uh, a bedroom together. <sighs> and and the, the people in the, in the small group were like, uh, what's going on here? So it, it came out to the other elders that he was doing this. And so wow. we had a conversation with him and he said, he said two things. He said, one, we're too old to, uh, that we're the, both of us are old enough that pregnancy is not going to be a problem. Yeah. So she's not going to get pregnant and society feels differently about it than they used to. So those were his two justifications. This was wow. a guy who was an elder at a church. Yeah. Was, he, right. he he ended up getting stepping down for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. Well, I got I got. I mean, I went to. I've, I've lived in a number of states. Some of you've heard some of my stories in the past, but um, I lived in Texas. Went to church in Texas. Went to church in uh, Oregon. Went to church in New Mexico. Been you know been involved in members at all these churches. And um, uh, I mean, all the leadership sexual sin was um, atrocious. Or their kids is either one of the leaders or was one of their kids. In some some places, it was both. And and the difference there is they didn't step down. <laughs> oh yeah. So and, yeah. I, and and they were pretty like I mean I won't go into it right now but there are some pretty egregious stories. Well, we've had people we, we had people in our church that would get upset if you told them that they're not supposed to live together. You right. know, and people are shacking up. Yeah. And again, it was it's consensual. Yep. You know, we're not we're doing we're two grown adults and it's consensual and we intend to get married. So one of the things that happens in Christian church is you get engaged and then you and then you yep. engage yep. uh you know in sexual practices as if you were married. Wow. And then you tell everybody, well, you know, we're engaged now. So it's yep. it's the same. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, right. 
and the church has allowed all these pitter pattersons, as we've been using that terminology recently, all these pitter pattersons, and that's why the the great sins, the abominations that are all before us, is because the church has allowed these small sins, or what we, in comparison to the transgendered, LGBT plus orgies, you know, these um, right. entry level sins are what leading us. The church not dealing with these sins are leading us to these what God would call an abominable sins, uh, and everything. All right. With with that said, we are going to get into news that John Branion can trust. We we need like a segue. News that John Branion can trust. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right, John. Speaking of transgenderism, uh, did you know that Jesus transgendered himself when he washed his fi- disciples' feet? I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes sense. This is a Baptist church in England. Simon, uh, you got to get his name out there. Simon Woodman, uh, London Bloomsbury Central Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. Here's his argument. Listen to this. I think Jesus transgendered himself on a number of occasions. I think just the little phrase... Jesus is lamenting over Jerusalem, longing to gather Jerusalem as a mother hen gathers her chicks. I think if you look at the foot washing from John's gospel, foot washing elsewhere, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's consistently done by women. Yet Jesus takes that on. People often cast that as being the servant's role. It's actually a woman's role. And Jesus does it and becomes a woman at that point. That was his logic. Yeah. Well, like I said, I hadn't heard it explained that way before, but I understood where the logic was going to go. <laughs> um, you, I, I've heard it's the same sort of logic that says, well, uh, Jesus' mother was a single mom. Mary was yeah. a single mom. Yeah. And it's the same kind of logic. Yeah. Well, and, and what was crazy is like he also brought in the, the, hen, the mother hen gathering her chicks. Uh-huh. You know, Jesus lamenting over Jerusalem, longing to gather Jerusalem as a mother hen gathers her chicks. And right. he's using that as part of his argument, but he's he's leaving out bestiality or bestial um, uh, comparisons. You know, he's he's why isn't Jesus making himself out to be a hen? But instead, he, well, he applies that passage to saying <laughs> Jesus make himself be a, a, a woman. But why not? Right. You know, where, why not include the feathers? Well, aren't we also supposed to be uh, to be gentle as doves and wise as serpents? Yes. So that's uh, there again. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be like animals. They're, they're, that's not really good exegesis. Um, <laughs> you nailed it, man. You nailed it. To point not, out the obvious, John. Yeah. Well, I that's think what I get, that's why I take away from that. <laughs> the, the obvious, pointing out the obvious. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, um, you might have seen this, but uh, Matt Walsh. This is this is really this news you can trust here. I mean, this this is you know it's all it's been reported even by mainstream media, so it's been verified by news that John Brandy can trust, and other outlets have also verified it. Um, okay. uh, Matt Walsh um, was on Doctor Phil. Did you did you see anything any clips from that? I did. I did. I saw the clip. And and Matt Walsh on the on Doctor Phil. 
just pressed them on, can you define what a woman is? Yeah. And all of them were like, the two dudes, or were they dudes wanting to be women? I, I, I It's a confusing world. Um, and <laughs> I think there were two dudes saying they were women. And, and they had their beards and long hair. And right. I think they had breast implants. I don't know. Either a woman had a beard on or a man had a beard on looking like a woman. I, mm-hmm. Whatever happened there. And Matt Walsh just pressed him on, can't, what's a woman? And both of them said, I, I don't know. They couldn't define it. They couldn't define what a woman was. Matt Walsh, of course, he could define what a woman was. Right. Um, and right. Now, I'll talk more about <laughs> Matt's performance and all this here in a minute. But uh, the two dudes, uh, when, after the show got released, the two dudes released a statement on their Instagram or whatever. Instagram, yeah. And it said, since the taping, Ethan and I have experienced heightened level of anxiety to the point that we've had numerous nightmares and depression spirals over the last month. This week Uh has been the worst. What ended up happening was much different than they discussed, and we left feeling attacked by another guest and played by the producers. Of course. But um, just just the emotional toll that it took on them to hear truth. Well, that's the emotional toll, yeah, that, that it takes when you're when you're, when you're living to that sustain a lie delusion. To, that's right. Yeah, that's you're right. living in a delusion, and rather than rather than taking that as as the mercy of a loving God, still calling out to them, they're not yeah. beyond hope apparently, because if yeah. they're still feeling anxiety, that's right. then that means they're wrestling with the spirit in yeah. some level. Yeah. Um. And but rather than turning yeah. and going. Uh, you know, have mercy yeah. on us. Bring, bring in your shame to Christ. Yeah. Right. They're blaming Matt Walsh and Dr. Phil for yeah. putting them through trauma. And yeah. that's, that's the way people that are bound for eternal darkness think. I got it. Yep. Sad. Yep. I got one comment about Matt Walsh's performance and all this. Um, I like Matt. Um, actually, I just texted him today. Um, uh, we have some sort of, I can, communicate with him so i have some sort of friendship there it's not, not nothing you can text deep. him i know it's amazing um and uh but me and knox were talking and we kind of gave him about a 75 percent grade in his performance hmm. and and part of the but part of the problem here is is matt he's a roman catholic um and and so he's got some kooky things himself virgin mary stuff um, he's got some transgender issues with with his theology. I'll go there, but um, also, <laughs> also, he's not a presuppositionalist, and so his answer was, well, you know, when they asked him, "Well, what's a woman? What's your definition of a woman?" He said, "Well, it's a biological female, right? That has a reproductive right. organs and all that stuff." Blah blah blah. And the problem is, is that answer can only go so far. It, the the real answer is um, what God says a woman is. So that's that's where if if they if they ask me how would you define what a biological woman w- w- was is is I would respond to well God's word says it's this, and you can say God's word says it's a, a you know a biological woman with the right chromosomes and you know and there you go. Um, but being well, able, I think go ahead. God's word doesn't necessarily say. It doesn't really give us a scientific or a biological distinction between men and women. It says that I mean, there is one, and we know what it is. But the Bible says, you know, he made Adam first, and Adam was yeah. man, and then from that man he took he took woman, yep. and and then we have sort of 
uh, piece together from that, that, oh, look at this. Here's some, here's some DNA differences. Here right. are some, yep. here are some physical biological differences right. here are, and then all of the other, all of the other things that have kind of spun out from that. But yes, yeah, right. the, the, the fact that, the fact that, uh, men and women are biologically different is, uh, is not attached to anything unless you, unless you attach it to God. That's it's right. just, That's right. it's also floating out there in the ether. Right. Um, and is arbitrary unless you connect it to God. Right. And that's what the world wants to do. They want to take the biology and make it arbitrary. And so you, you have to bring it back to God's word, um, to, to keep that objectivity there. So right. that's where I think Matt, um, uh, kind of ended up kind of playing their game a little bit where you're kind of defining things based off of biology or defining things based off of, um, kind of how the world has used definitions in the past. <laughs> But you have to bring right. it back to God's word. You got to be presuppositional about it. And the other thing you got to bring up is, you know, Matt kept on talking about truth, truth, truth. Well, hit them on it. Ask them what is truth. Define truth for them. Don't just talk about truth as something that's kind of suspended in the air that we can all sort of kind of agree on. That's what. And so hit them on it. Say, yeah, God's word is truth. That's it. It's the buck stops there with God's word. And then I think you get in a real debate there. I think that's where the debate would go. And I'm like, hey, I want to debate the Bible all day. Let's do this. Yeah, I think that it would. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that it, the debate would be very one sided and and kind of disappointing to listen to because we're talking about two people who can't even define what a woman is. That's right. And they both claim to be one. Yep. And that's so right. that's that's not a person who's really <clears throat> equipped to have much of an uh, conversation about yeah. truth. That's right. All right. Last, last piece here. NYC hospital medical illustrator admits her anti-racism, uh, leads her to admit white men from her work. Anti-racism and you omit white. Is that racism? I mean, that racism. So she's an illustrator. So she, um, apparently, um, draws pictures for the hospital in New York city. <laughs> Oh, you know. and she and she leaves out all the white guys. Yes, yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So what, and and, it, and she says it's her anti-racism that does it, right? And and right. this this is a real. I mean, I'm serious. This is real news. This is news you no, can trust, I John. It. That's that's because anti-racism anti-racism is not the opposite of racism. That's you 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 think that it means the opposite that's, of racism right. because it's got anti in front of it, but yep. but all of all of the language has been uh, has been twisted now, and That's so right. when you say anti-racism, that basically means that you are against um, white supremacy. Right. That's uh, and all white people are correctly some sort of racist. racist. Yeah, that's right. right. And and right. you being white and existing and voting and having a white you know suburban neighborhood that's all that's all racist. So. Okay, I, I I see your argument there again. That's I I think the thread here in all this is that you can um, you know have transgender Jesus and twist everything all the way out. <laughs> yes, well that's it. Once you once you control the language, or once you lose language, yeah. language is how we think. And that's so right. when when the people the the godless heathen get a hold of language, and we allow them to control what words mean, well then they're ultimately going to control what we think. That's, that's right. That is how it works. And that's so right. the the battle is 
it's not against flesh and blood it's against principalities and ideas amen. Uh, and that's that's what we're up against amen all right you guys make sure you kind of pay attention to our tour schedule that's going to be coming out uh here uh you know like i said we're gonna be in fort worth and dallas uh, uh march 16th we're gonna be in rapid city april uh 6th 7th and 8th or 7th really it's just 7th um, for a live show uh, and then possibly one more date uh, a couple more dates in uh, um, some other cities so stay tuned for all that more details will come in guests on our show those live live shows in those cities uh, ticket prices uh, and uh, all that exciting information so until next week love god and go fight laugh and feast this is the water break